Uh, we're on Get It Raw. We have Matt Parks with us today. Matt Parks is a business owner for um, the CBD oil company. Matt, go ahead and uh, give us a little bit of information about yourself, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, so my name is Matt Parks. I'm actually originally from Baltimore, Maryland, uh, born and raised there. Um, so big Ravens, Orioles fan. Uh, grew up uh, mid '80s, so Northeast Baltimore City uh, ghetto boy, as they you know commonly refer to me. Um, I went to college in Nashville, Tennessee, at Belmont University. Played baseball there. Uh, got a degree in business, and then got a master's degree in sport administration. And I worked for Ripken Baseball, specifically Ripken Senior Foundation, for two years. Um, and then moved to Nashville with my wife um, and have been running her family's medical supply business for the past, uh, God, 11 years. Um, and it was through that past 11 years being in healthcare and dealing specifically with patients that I found a common denominator of an underlying issue with most people was inflammation. And so you start hearing some rumblings about CBD about 2016, 2017. You start hearing it come up more and more and more. CBD's coming. It's going to be this magical cure-all. It's going to fix everything. You see all these products coming out on the market. And I knew people were going to start asking our medical supply store to carry it. And the more products I got in to sample, the more I was underwhelmed by what was being put out on the market. And the more research I did, I decided, let's see if we can do, especially in a topical sense, let's see if we can do this better. Because to me, the ingredients were, there was no imagination, there was no science. It was take a base hand cream, throw in some CBD and call it a pain reliever. And it just, to me, it wasn't adding up. I had so many people who told me, hey, I took this, it, you know, it just really didn't do much. I didn't like the way it felt on my skin. I didn't like the smell. I mean, it was, you know, and, and then the questions came, is this going to get me high? Am I going to fail a drug test? You know, it's, it seemed like there was more questions than answers. And so it led me to kind of a two-year journey of, I think we could do this better. I think there's so many things we still don't know about CBD and it's, it's a tough industry uh, for a lot of people. And there's so much, like I said, misinformation. And there's a lot of bad actors because there's just not enough regulation out there. So that's that's really what led me to develop this product, um, this formula. You know, yeah. Started, what's the what's the name of the business, if you don't mind? Yeah. So it's one less CBD, and the concept comes from helping people take one less pill. Nice. Um, that comes from kind of my own personal battle with taking anti-inflammatories, you know, during my baseball career on a daily basis, um, 800 to a thousand milligrams of ibuprofen every single day, just to, to function and to play at a high level. And, you know, the more research we do about that and people who just take copious amounts of OTC medications, what that can do to, you know, our stomach linings, internal bleeding. Um, it just led me to think, okay, there's a great, ingredient out there that we can utilize but it's not being done properly in my opinion and it's just fallen into this mass market over marketing over hype 
area where there's just a lot of inferior products, in my opinion, that are out there. So we chose to make one product, do it really well, make it safe, make it effective, and make it something that people wanted to apply every day. And if I could take people from pain scale of an eight to a nine every day down to a three or a four, then I think we've done our job. And we've, we've helped people reduce their dependence on whether it's a leave, ibuprofen, or even, you know, at a high level, prescription opioids. Um, you know, people know it's pretty common knowledge now that we have an opioid epidemic in this country. Yeah, and I'd agree. If there's something that we could do to curb that, then I'm all for it. You know, speaking as a clinician, um, mm-hmm. both of us, uh, the numeric pain uh, rating scale is what you're referring to as far mm-hmm. as like zero out of 10. And I don't know if you're aware of the MCID. The MCID stands for Minimal Clinical Important Difference. Okay. What that uh, does is the reason why this is important when you're talking about it from a research perspective is mm-hmm. that when you change two points on that scale. So if you have somebody come in with, say, a, a pain level of seven, all right, if right. you treat them or give them something and their pain increases by two points or decreases by two points, you have made a relevant change in that person's life. Exactly. Exactly. And it's stronger than any statistical change that we can otherwise describe in the research. So mm-hmm. if you're taking somebody from an eight, nine down to a three or four, you are mm-hmm. providing a substantial service. Mm-hmm. But can you speak to your knowledge of the uh, cannabinoid system and of the uh, why CBD is so, why you think it's so revolutionary and mm-hmm. why your product is uh, possibly superior than other products? Well, how, how are you getting it right? Sure. The biggest thing for me, and we still don't know, and when we get to a scientific perspective on this, and we took two years on this formulation to get it right, and it was about 21 different batches of figuring out, okay, we need a little bit more of this, a little bit less of that, and if you, it's kind of like Coke, you know, Coca-Cola, there's a secret <laughs> form, there's a secret formula out there, and nobody knows exactly what it is, but I, I thought you were talking about the other thing. <laughs> oh, no, no, not cocaine, no, no. <laughs> I don't advise that, but, uh, the, uh, you know, there's about 28 elements that make our product and it comes down to like the 0.67% of this 1.2% of this, just to get it right. The precision that it requires to make an effective product really blew my mind. Um, when I started getting into it, because I had actually piggybacked off some friends who had been making topical analgesics for over 10 years. And they were starting to get out. And I said, hey, this CBD is coming in. You know, what would, what can we do with this? They're like, well, we can't do anything, but you can do something. And it kind of piqued my interest. I said, okay, well, if you guys can get me to the right people and help me, you know, I'd be all for it. And the, so we, you know, everybody talks about the endocannabinoid system. And mm-hmm. we talk about the central nervous system. CB1 receptors, CB2 receptors, CB1 receptors as it appears to the central nervous system, CB2, we're talking more about the immune system. When they've done studies, and most of the studies, you know, and this is where you kind of have to be careful of, of what you say and what you claim, because at the end of the day, CBD is still just a supplement. It's, it's not a drug. Um, and there's a lot of people who are getting in trouble right now with the FDA of claiming that CBD does X, Y, and Z. You, you really can't say that. It's not, it, it hasn't been proven in that way. And the biggest issue that faces that right now is that there is a prescription drug 
on the market called Epilodex, which is derived from CBD and it's used in childhood epilepsy. So their problem with the FDA is having is that, okay, we've already given our credence to this drug. We can't really then go and say that we can make this a dietary supplement. And this is why you're seeing CBD in water, protein powder, gummies, all those type of things. <clears throat> the industry wants the FDA to come out and say that this will do X, Y, and Z. And the FDA won't do it because they've already given credence to epilotics and its effects on childhood epilepsy. So what we know, and this has mainly been derived from studies in rats, but when we have an injury, our body naturally releases cannabinoids. And the body's natural reaction is that these cannabinoids go and they attack the area of inflammation. And the job is to help reduce the inflammation. The problem is, is that there are protein enzymes in the body that decrease the cannabinoids, and thus they're not allowed to have the desired effect that the body's trying to produce. So the idea with CBD and essentially as a supplement is to increase the amount of cannabinoids that are going into the system, that we can have a reduction on inflammation. Again, studies are more do you know more so done on you know lab rats than we have done on humans but what i try to do and what i attempted to do with my product was i took all these other natural homeopathic remedies that we knew eucalyptus white willow bark camphor geranium menthol combined all those all those elements and then basically almost kind of put that natural homeopathic and topical analgesic on steroids by injecting CBD isolate into it. And the reason I went isolate was because it is 0% THC. It's the most studied form of CBD because it is 100% pure CBD in its purest form. Mm -hmm. And to me, that was something to where I could say, look, I believe in what my customers are telling me. I believe in what the research that I've done and what I've seen that CBD can do, but I'm not going to sit here and say it's going to do X, Y, and Z for you because simply I can't and it's not right. It's not ethical. Um, so I just have to go with the reactions that my consumers have had and what I've heard from other people who've taken CBD and have researched it properly and those people who are out there and really trying to study the ingredient in its you know purest form and aren't just trying to open up marijuana dispensary for when it becomes legal in their you know specific locale and you know that's more centered around the thc psycho additive effect which my product is not because it's derived from hemp it's not derived from marijuana and that's right. that's kind of a big difference that most people don't really understand they see the flower it looks like marijuana mm -hmm. it sounds like marijuana it's got to be marijuana it's not marijuana, it's hemp. And that's a, that's a clear distinction that most people need to make sure that they make if they're going out and trying to source a CBD product, that they understand that it's hemp derived and not marijuana derived. Because if you're talking about two completely different terpenes, cannabinoids, and ingredients that could be in that product that you really don't know what's in it. Right. And that's why I went the isolate route because I could control what was in my product. And that's that's ultimately what you want is, you know, what you're putting out on the market.
Yeah, what many people don't understand is that we have recently discovered this uh, cannabinoid system within the body. It's only roughly 20 years uh, of understanding. So the research late 80s, yeah, yeah, late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, exactly. So at one less, are you contributing to the research? Are you doing any type of uh, trials at all to help to see or to help support the uh, use of CBD oil? That requires a lot of money. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so as a young company, um, and what I, I tout on myself is that I completely self-funded this myself. Um, I'm a bare bones entrepreneur. There's no venture capital. There's nobody over my shoulder telling me I have to do X, Y, and Z, which is something that was really important to me um, when you're producing a product and you want to make it what you want it to be. Right. Um, so I, I would love to be, I'd love to be in a placebo-based study, you know, down the road and to kind of see, especially on a topical analgesic side, using products without CBD. You know, we could even take my product and at its core without CBD, it has pain relieving properties in it. Um, you know, with the menthol, with the white willow bark, with the camphor and the geranium, all those elements have been around for years and have mm -hmm. proven to help reduce inflammation. So we could strip the CBD out. But what's cool is that we've done that before with some people um, just for our own personal benefit, just to kind of see. And people have noticed a significant improvement on their inflammation reduction by adding the CBD isolate, which has, which has been cool to see. But the nice thing was when I got with the group of individuals who I kind of piggybacked off of to, they had that relationship where I'm made in a licensed FDA co-packing facility. My product is pre-tested before it's even made and it's post-tested after production. So I want to check it. It's an extra $800 mm -hmm. to check it a second time. That to me, I put my seal, you know, my stamp on it that my product is safe, it's effective. I put it on my kids. Uh, my kids are eight, five, and three. I don't think twice about putting it on my kids for bruises, for bug bites, you know, all those different types of inflammation. Um, you know, my kids have growing pains like any other kid, especially my eight-year-old. Um, and I'll slap it on her without thinking twice because I know what's in my product. Um, and a lot of other people really can't say that uh, because they've, they didn't really know what they were getting into. And I don't think they were trying to mislead people. They just didn't know. They didn't really know all the steps that they needed to take. And I wouldn't have if I didn't have good advisement um, on my side, knowing people who had been in this for over a decade. Because um, it's everything. It's how it finishes, it's how, how it absorbs, how it smells. And then, you know, by and large, does it work? People aren't going to buy it if it doesn't work, if they don't feel like they're getting a result. And that was just as important. Um, That's one of the fundamental differences, isn't it? Yeah. That you just have that characteristic in uh, your company that comes from you, yeah. that you're just going to do it right. Yeah. You're going to do it right. Yeah. yeah. How did you get involved in uh, Cal Ripken? And do your kids uh, play baseball too? My, so my oldest daughter, my eight-year-old, just started playing softball. Um, I'm of the mindset of not to be that dad who tries to live vicariously through their kids. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I had my career, um, you know, got to a division one college level. My wife played softball um, through high school and, you know, I, so I born and raised in Baltimore, had all those connections before, but it was actually, uh, I interned with 
Nashville Sounds minor league baseball when I was getting my grad degree in sport administration. And one of my bosses ended up getting placed with a Ripken minor league affiliate. And that just kind of started the interview process. Knew I wanted to move back to Baltimore home for a couple of years after I graduated. Um, and just went through the interview process and was able to land a position with them and got to travel the country. Didn't make a lot of money. Uh, doesn't pay well, but uh, the experiences were great. You know, you get to work with your childhood idol for a couple of years. That was pretty cool. Um, got to go to two all-star games and, you know, enjoy that experience. But, and also with that experience, you learn about how much pain these guys are in after right. 10, 15, 20 plus year careers of getting beat up 162 games a year. So you see it. I mean, it's every day. It's inflammation. It's just kind of that, that enemy of, of all things that are derived in our body. I mean, I have ostomy patients who deal with Crohn's colitis, um, you know, that I've been working with for, for 10 plus years now. And just hearing all these people, everything seems to derive off that initial degree of inflammation that they had. And that mm -hmm. was just their body trying to tell them something's going on. It's not right. And there's not any amount of medicine that's going to fix it. But our instinct is just to take a pill, you know, get the symptoms to go away, take another pill, get the symptoms to go away. Don't want to go to the doctor. More so out of fear, I think, because people don't want to know what might be wrong. Um, we don't want to admit that there's a problem. So we're just going to self-medicate. And that's what leads to this path of addiction, leads to conditions getting worse. And, and that's been my biggest gripe with the COVID epidemic or pandemic, excuse me. And, and we're seeing it now is that all these cancer diagnoses and all these things that have been left to be undocumented and not treated. Now it's getting treated at a stage four level where we could have called it at a stage one or two. It's just mind-boggling to me that now we're seeing the other side of it, that people are told, don't go to the hospital, don't go see a doctor for 18 months. Um, and we're seeing the effects of that now, that people have been not misdiagnosed, but haven't been diagnosed at all because they were afraid to go to the hospital. They were afraid of getting COVID. And I understand it. And COVID's real. I, you know, we can go down that rabbit hole for, you know, hours on end. I, I get that. But my my issue with it was so many things went undocumented and untreated because people were afraid to go to the hospital. They were afraid to get seen. And, it, you know, that's plays in large part to what, you know, we're all about is is trying to be active, be your own advocate, and do the things that allow your body to heal naturally, but also go out and seek the right type of help. You know, get yourself active, get yourself mobile, but go get yourself checked out. Make sure everything's okay. Because if you start using my product and the pain's still 9 out of 10, and no matter what you take, it's still a 9 out of 10, it's time to go to the doc and, and see what's going on. Right. Uh, you know, I don't know if you're aware of this. It's funny that you uh, you bring up a, a, a couple of points. One was uh, we had a podcast where we talked about addiction for a little bit, right, Joe? Right. Yeah. So we talked about that. I don't know if you saw that podcast. I do mm -hmm. know. Um, oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, Brian yeah. did a great job. Yeah. Um, and it is, a, especially when you're talking with those athletes, you don't realize how much people self-medicate, especially with those painkillers. 
And then, of course, that's a slippery slope. It goes down sure. that, that down that hole uh, sure. of drug addiction. So can you speak to any other uh, mini miracles at all with your product? Uh, mm-hmm. Go ahead. Speak to some. Yeah, there's a there's a this was kind of our aha moment, because when we uh, when we first made the product, we we called it isotherm because we just didn't have clue. You know, <laughs> we had a, we had a product. We had a good formulation, but we just. You know, it's a lot of things when you build a consumer package good. It's it's the branding. It's it's all those things. And a lot of people nail the branding, but their product's not great. Or mm-hmm. they have a great product, but their branding is is not so good. So it just doesn't quite get out to the market. People don't know about it. Um, we just kind of bottled up our own little sample jars. And I had a pool of people to sample every single day. Um, my store allows for walk-in traffic. So, I mean, I get 30 or 40 people walking in my medical supply store every single day. Um, so you just had tons of guinea pigs out there and just said, hey, here's my card. Here's this product. Take it. You know, let me know what you think. No cost, no nothing. Just let me know, you know, what you think. You were just, and, you were just giving them the cream? I was just giving them the cream. We just made, uh, I think it was about, when you do a test batch, you could do about five or six gallons. Wow. And so you can make about a two ounce jar and you could just pump that out all day long. So huh. we could just, I think we had about two, 300 jars that we were just handing out just to see if we, if we really had something here. Um, so it was no cost. I just handed them out to people left and right. And so it was actually the two year anniversary today. We took my eight year old to get her ears pierced. And rather than take her to Claire's to let some 14 year old take a staple gun to her ear, uh, we went to a, a licensed piercer and, you know, took her to this um, girl. Her name is Betty Ann. She has two of her own uh, piercing studios here in Nashville. And I looked at her store. And I was like, oh, this would be a really cool place to, you know, have the cream. And I started talking to her uh, about it and said, hey, I have this product. You know, thinking this would be a nice place to kind of, you know, put it, see if people would, you know, take to it. She's like, you know, I really, I'd be a little leery of them putting it in their piercing. So I don't think that would be, you know, a good fit. It's okay. But she's like, I would love to try it. I've tried so many CBD products before. I said, great. So it was about eight weeks passed and hadn't heard anything. And then I woke up one morning to this two page email um, from her telling me that she had been taking a leave every day for two years to the point where she had developed a peptic ulcer. And mm. she had so much pain in her neck and her shoulder. And you got to figure if somebody's piercing, there's a lot of crimping of the neck and, you know, pinching those nerves to the shoulder. And she said, I've been using your product now for six weeks. I no longer have to take a leave. And I've taken multiple CBD products before and nothing comes close to this. And that was kind of that moment of, okay, maybe we are onto something here that somebody had developed a peptic ulcer, you know, from taking that leave every single day. And now she's telling me that she doesn't have to do that anymore. Like, okay, perhaps we're, you know, we're onto something here. Um, and she's still an advocate of the brand to this day. Um, oh, that's great. Is she selling in the store? She doesn't. She's still very much a, I, I she, she likes, her store the way it is and uh, i and i'm with her on that i i could see people it's you know nothing that's supposed to go in an open wound um 
but we're starting to get chiropractors, you know, jumping on board, um, you know, massage therapists, you know, anybody who's into that homeopathic, you know, type of healing, um, medical supply stores, you know, those type of things. And it's, I want the right partners. Um, I could mass market this thing and put it in Kroger. I could put it in Publix. I could put it in Dick's Sporting Goods. I think the messaging gets lost if you just start getting it out to the wrong people mm-hmm. and it's not being discussed with the consumer the right way. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I'm a small business guy. Uh, I think small business is the lifeblood of our economies. And I, I really look for those type of partners who have a relationship with their patients and their consumers and can really explain the product and see if it's a good fit for them. Um, you know, and I try to provide samples to all those partners um, as often as I can so that they can give it to their consumers without the consumer having to, you know, pay $50, $60, you know, to get our product, um, which is a good price point compared to the industry. It's a four ounce jar where most things are two ounce or 1.7 ounce for the same price point. And that was important to us too. Um, because I do think it's an overpriced market. Mm. Um, again, you kind of take advantage of what people don't know. So people use that for, you know, scalability. And I get that, you know, to a point, but I think there's price gouging too. Um, but I had another woman out in uh, Sanford, Florida, in a cannibal, uh, cannabis or cannabis journalist had been researching our product and was going to write an article. She gave it to a friend of hers who gave it to her grandmother. And she refused prescription opioids from her doctor after her knee procedure. Oh, wow. Because she said that my product was helping her gain her flexibility in her knee, her CPM, um, physical therapy, the degree of motion that she was having was increasing drastically uh, because of our product. And she was, she was not in pain. And was she's it, like, what, what procedure was it? Do you, do you know? It was ACL repair. Oh, for yeah, a grandmother? If you're talking about 50-year-old, 50, 60-year-old grandmother. Okay. Um, and she, yeah, just a lady out in Sanford, Florida, and she wrote an article about it. There's an article on our website um, kind of detailing that interaction. Uh, the journalist's name is Lydisha Watson. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's been a big proponent of it and looking to get products in her communities. And that's, that's something I'm trying to figure out with different sizes and different product offerings, because I want my product to be accessible to all socioeconomic backgrounds. You know, it's a very, it's a very rural community there. People don't, it's not, you know, thriving economy. Um, so there's not a lot of disposable income to spend on these products. So trying to figure that out too, of, of having different sizes and different product offerings um, to make sure that anybody can access my product you know, is very important to me as well. So, um, we, you know, we've had countless stories like that, that, that really keep you going. Well, you that's know, cool. It, so that's, that's, that's awesome. Um, you know, speaking of uh, small business, you know, we just, we're losing a lot of small business mm-hmm. and the big machine is like dragging a lot of people down. Yep. So, uh, from a small business perspective, how do you get your, uh, your material? Do you, are you growing your own hemp? Are you buying it uh, from an American farmer? Are you getting it from Canada? What are you doing? So, and that's the thing. A lot of people can source CBD overseas. Mm -hmm. Um, I think right now, and this is probably, you know, two years ago when we were sourcing it, we actually got it from uh, a lab, great young kid out of Yale um, who makes me feel 
very, very unintelligent after I've talked with him, but he runs a, he runs a lab called Treehouse Biotech out of uh, Longmont, Colorado. And we met him at a trade show. Um, so all of our products are sourced domestically here in the U.S. And that's including labels, lids, and jars. Everything I did, I wanted to, to do it in the U.S. I didn't want anything coming from overseas. Um, so our white willow bark, our camphor, our geranium, all those things, um, our hemp seed oil, everything comes domestically from the U.S. But you really want to find somebody who knows how to cultivate and knows extraction of CBD and how to do it well. Um, and Treehouse Biotech out of Longmont, Colorado, those guys know what they're doing. And they can kind of create their own little formulas and whatever you want to do. Um, they can pretty much do it. It's it's pretty cool. I think he's I think he's in his mid twenties. Kid's a, a genius. Um and said, you know, I'm a biochemistry major. I can do a lot of things, but um, you know, I, I want to cultivate hemp and you know, make these formulas because I believe in what it can do. And uh he's done a hell of a job. So you you have to find an extraction company because I don't I don't know enough to go out and do my own extraction and, and to mm -hmm. really pull it and to make it a pure product. So you do pay for those things. Um, so your costs run up a little bit, but if I know I'm not good at something, I'm, I'm going to leave it to the experts to do it. So I'm not going to go out there and try to save a buck and try to do my own extraction because first of all, the equipment's insanely expensive, mm -hmm. but I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm not going to touch that with a 10 foot pole. So, um, again that comes with doing it right there's there's some things you know how to do there's some things you don't and and that's what i feel like that's what makes economies go is by pulling from all these sources and knowing what you know and knowing what you don't know and bringing all those people together to create a one-of-a-kind product you know, there's nobody out there who has my formula and that's what i tout myself on i don't make gummies i don't make oils i don't make tinctures i don't do any of that stuff because i don't know enough about it and I'm not fully bought into the ingestible CBD market yet because I don't, I, I just don't see the studies backing how much is actually absorbed mm. in the body once it's ingested. Um, that's why I went topical one, because of its efficacy, two, because of its safety, and three, because I feel like we're going directly to the source. Um, you had to have that fatty acid and the hemp seed oils and the jojoba mix is what we, that's kind of our proprietary blend that we came up with. So we had to have a carrier oil to actually get the CBD oil, CBD isolate into the body. And you'll hear a lot of people go, oh, CBD isolate. No, you got to have THC. You got to have the entourage effect. It, it's, it doesn't work without the other terpenes and cannabinoids. And I just think that's garbage. Uh, I'll be honest. I mean, I could use more choice words for that, but. To me, those are people who are more invested in medical marijuana and THC and the psychoadditive effects versus the actual healing power of CBD. They could care less about CBD, in my opinion. They care more, more about THC and marijuana, um, but it's not legal. So right. they say they're CBD enthusiasts when they're really not. They're more marijuana enthusiasts and THC enthusiasts. So let them have it. You know, let them say what they want to say, but you know, I, I I do not subscribe to the entourage effect. I don't think it's nearly what people say it is. I think it's just a cop out to 
to try to get medical marijuana legalized. And now you're seeing that with Delta 8. You know, Delta 8 is just kind of one step down from Delta 9. Well, now you're seeing a lot of people having negative effects with, especially on a vape side, to all these Mm. Delta 8 products that are out there. And it's starting to really cause harmful side effects to people. I'm like, well, where are you now when all the harmful side effects are? Now you don't hear people, you know, as loudly as you did when they were talking about how great Delta 8 is. Well, now they've all kind of, kind of, you know, hidden themselves away from the controversy. Well, that's awfully convenient for you. So, so outside of inflammation and uh, uh, pain relief, what else would you uh, utilize uh, CBD oil for? Uh, you know, there's been a lot of people with anxiety, depression. As somebody who suffers, you know, from depression and, and does take prescription meds for depression, you know, I'm, I'm open and candid about that. Um, I take Pristique every day and I'm an advocate for it. I'm an advocate for finding a licensed psychiatrist who knows what they're doing um, and seeing that person on a quarterly basis, which I see my guy every 90 days and we do a check-in and we make sure that my dosage is correct and everything is where it should be. Um, again, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on the inflammation reduction. Mm-hmm. um properties of cbd um i can't you know go to somebody and say well if you feel like you've had anxiety reduction or depression reduction because of cbd i'm not going to sit here and say that that's not right that's not correct um but i just hard for me to jump on board with that um again which is why i'm not really involved in the ingestible market because i really just don't know what i don't know and I, I just, I can't dip my toe in that water, but I'm not going to tell somebody that they're wrong, that it's just a placebo effect, because if they're seeing reduction and their mood's improved or their social anxieties have decreased, keep doing what you're doing. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you otherwise. Um, that's not my job. That's not my role. You know, I, I believe whatever you think works, whatever your regimen is, by all means, you know, do that. Um but that's what you're seeing. You see a lot of people talking about anxiety, depression, inflammation reduction. Um, what's cool about my product is I've seen some people have used it for eczema and other topical rashes. Um, like I said, I use it on my kids for bug bites, you know, those type of things, uh, bruising reduction. Um, but I, I think we just got to be careful with what we say and what we feel like it's it's good for. You know, for me, I think inflammation reduction and, and increasing the process of white blood cells, you know, you know, increasing those blood vessels, so we don't have that pulling up or that, that balling effect, which really what causes pain, you know, pain receptors. Um, my goal is to, is to keep things moving. And I feel like there's enough science out there to back up what we're trying to do on a topical sense. And that's why we just stick with the topical. If I get more evidence to back up the ingestibles and I feel like it would be a good one-two punch then I might dip my toe in that water but until I see more uh, I'm just not going down that road well then how do you feel about uh using your product for chronic pain you know chronic pain you can have acute flare-ups you know and of mm-hmm. course you have the inflammatory process but mm-hmm. for you know when it comes to pain it's so subjective Yep. If it's chronic, they may not have an active bout of inflammation. It may not be acute. How does your product work with that? 
my goal with this product and what I feel like it does, we talk about chronic pain, is that I feel like versus getting up every day and just reaching for the pill bottle and trying to reduce our pain that way, my goal is to choose a homeopathic way to reduce inflammation and then to, I feel like to reduce chronic pain is to keep the body moving, to keep the body active with diet and exercise. And I feel mm -hmm. like when people get into a chronic pain state, they start to become sedentary and are not doing the things that helps with natural chronic pain relief, which is diet and exercise. And my product is what I feel like it's best use is to get those joints and those muscles active to get them firing and to allow people to get out on the track, to walk a mile, to walk two miles, and get the body in a better state on a daily basis. And, and I feel like the best way to fight chronic pain is through proper diet and exercise. But if we're, in, if we're just constantly ingesting ibuprofen, acetaminophen, we, don't know, we know that we're having an adverse reaction, yet we might feel better. But we're having so many negative side effects to our intestines and our colon and our digestive system that we're causing more problems than we're trying to fix. And we actually have a rheumatoid arthritis summit that's coming up on October 26th, um, which I'm speaking on um, for the Patterson program for RA Solutions. And he talks so much about diet and exercise. As, mm -hmm. as far as a way to help relieve rheumatoid arthritis. And um, he came up with a program that you know, I fully buy into that, you know, people getting away from dairy, getting away from processed sugars and carbs, um, having a more balanced diet. And our bodies have the ability to heal themselves, but we got to put them in position to do so. And, and that's where I feel like my product is useful. I don't, it's not going to repair cartilage. It's not going to put the disc back in place. It's not going to, do those things that it'd be foolish of me to say so. So my, my whole goal is increased activity and just a better quality of life on a daily basis. I see. So it works in synergy with nutrition and uh, uh, physical Absolutely. activity. Absolutely. Joe, as a former pothead, uh, did you have, uh, do you have anything to add to this at all? Um, you know, that that's, kind of funny because I, I was going to ask him what the difference between hemp and um and marijuana was because i kind of because i never knew i knew that there was some difference in mm -hmm. obviously hemp being legal but how like where is that difference well it so, just it just became legal hemp was illegal for yeah. decades because yep. of uh the war on drugs now it just became legal what Two to five years ago, or something like that. The 2018 farm bill says CBD was a Schedule One narcotic. Um, on, right. and, and so, what the farm bill did, CBD, which is also known as cannabidiol, uh, when mm -hmm. you see CBD, is what it stands for. So, there's THC and there's cannabidiol. When you are deriving, when you take the hemp plant and you're pulling CBD out, you are pulling pure cbd out of the hemp plant when you are making marijuana you have 
THC, other terpenes, other cannabinoids. You'll hear about CBG, CBN, all these other different cannabinoids. And it, it, this is where people are kind of getting so confused because once CBD kind of got what people feel like is oversaturated in the market, then everybody wants to start pulling these other cannabinoids out. Well, forget about CBD. Now we're on to CBG, which is the mother, mother of all cannabinoids. So we need to start pulling, you know, don't worry about CBD anymore. Now we need to do, you know, focus on CBG. We don't know enough about CBD to be going down that road, <laughs> you know? So it just became a, to me, more of a marketing ploy from these companies who were trying to kind of separate themselves from the herd and say, well, our product has CBG, you know, which is better than CBD based on what, you know, and, and that research is not, there's not any scientific research to back that up. So really when you're talking about hemp derived CBD and marijuana derived CBD, when you derive from marijuana, we're talking about THC and other cannabinoids that are present in that plant versus a hemp plant is you're pulling pure CBD where your goal is to extract pure CBD from that plant versus marijuana. There's all other types of growing processes to, to cultivate marijuana and to cultivate hemp are two completely different methods and it's two completely different plants. But from the outside looking in, they look exactly the same. You know, that's, that's what trips people up is that the, the synergy between the two plants is, it's pretty remarkable, you know, for the naked eye, you, you don't know. And that's also the problem with this, this industry is the legality is as long as your product is 0.03% THC or less then it's legal. If it's, you know, weighted THC that's in the product, then it's you know considered a legal product and you can sell it based on the 2018 farm bill. That was it. So we didn't even talk about the extraction method or what else was in the product. We didn't talk about any of that. And that's what's led to products that are mislabeled, misrepresented, um, and people making products that really aren't what they say they are because they don't, they don't know how. They just know that as long as it measures 0.03% weighted THC, then it's legal and they can sell it but they're putting a product out there that people don't know what they're ingesting. And that that's my issue with the ingestibles and with the oils and the full spectrum, broad spectrum CBDs is just, there's too many other elements in there that we don't know enough about. I don't feel safe enough putting that product out on the market and allowing people to consume it. And that, that's just my personal opinion, you know, on the matter. Could you ever find yourself possibly going down that route if more information comes out? It'd have to be pretty black and white mm-hmm. as far as what what's being produced. Um, but it also just opens you up to a lot more scrutiny. And, you know, on a federal level, you know, even these places in Colorado, I mean, they're everywhere. There's nothing stopping the federal government from coming in there and shutting you down nothing you know it's it's state legal but it's not federally legal but there's just kind of this just kind of this kind of unspoken hey we're not going to mess with you as long as you're doing it right and marketing your products correctly and it's not you know 
marijuana or you're not, you know, lacing it with certain things. But when it even, even it comes to banking, like my bank is in Sewell, New Jersey. I can't get a bank account because my product has CBD in it. So there are like a handful of banks that will do business with you. But hmm. what your options are in trying to get credit or loans, forget it. You can't do it. You, you need to be cash liquid, cash funded um, to get into this business. And you better know what you're doing because your cash flow is, that's your lifeblood. And if you don't have cash, you're not going to get credit unless you've been around for like a CBD MD or Green Roads. You know, those guys are huge. And now they have so much liquid capital that a bank is more willing to take them on because they're so well publicized. But for somebody who's starting out in this business, forget it. You, you are not going to get a loan. You're not going to, you better have the cash up front or it's just not going to be in the cards for you. And that's what makes it such a, such a tough industry because we can't, we can't market on Facebook. We can't buy ads. We can't buy ads on Instagram, Google, none of it, it doesn't exist. So your your traditional startup and the way you would market a product, those options are really not available to you. And and that's what makes it even that much harder to make it in this business because there's so many things that people don't know until they actually get into it. And they're like, okay, I'm going to go open a bank account. Well, no, you're not. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just not, it's not that easy. Um, there was a lot of, a lot of pain points in my two year journey to get from formulation to actual licensed business with a bank account and marketing and all those things. It's, it's not for the faint of heart. Believe me, I've, I've gone gray more so from this than my kids. Um, because it's just, it's just that much different, that much more difficult to, to make it. Um, cause it's just, it's not the traditional means of opening a business. I did not realize that that uh, there were so many barriers in oh, that business. I had no idea. It's ridiculous. As soon as you put CBD on your product, yeah. then you you have opened yourself up to more scrutiny and more headaches than you could possibly imagine. And it uh, it was very eye opening, you know, for me. And uh, there was a couple of times I'm like, it just ain't worth it. Um, but once you get your product out there and you it, once you keep your head down, figure out your way through it. Um, and now Square, I will say, um, which is owned by Twitter, Square has really stepped out and become a, a big advocate for the CBD industry that mm-hmm. now all my banking, all my merchant processing, all that is done through Square. Hmm. And yeah, I pay a little more, but when I know I have that big company behind me and they have vetted everyone and I'll pay the extra money to know that my merchant account for my credit cards is going to be shut down tomorrow because the company that said they could process my credit cards didn't do their due diligence. And when they got audited, their money supply basically said, you can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. People get shut down all the time. They'll be running their business. They'll have their online store and they wake up the next morning and all of a sudden they can't process credit cards. It happens every day because wow. they, they chose the wrong merchant processor. They chose the wrong financial institution. You know, there are legalities that those financial institutions have to go through to make sure that they can do business with what they call high-risk accounts. 
Um, and that's why it's so difficult. Now, there's a lot of research coming out that talks about the benefits of CBD, as well as I will say there is some evidence that discuss not necessarily THC, but the use of medical marijuana for like neurogenesis. Mm-hmm. Yep. Given that, you is the market becoming more restrictive, or is it uh, is it, are things starting to like improve a little bit from your standpoint? I, I think it's starting to open up. I, I really do. I think um, there was just a law passed in California for CBD for kind of a more dietary supplement legalization, which is kind of, I think, where the industry is trying to push regulation because some of these people believe in dietary supplementation with the ingestibles, with gummies, with protein powders, with water, whatever it might be. Um, Even sprinkling CBD isolate, you know, onto your freaking cornflakes. I mean, people are doing whatever they can to absorb it (laughs) in its purest form. Um, which is fine, but I think you're starting to see more advocacy for it because one of the great things about CBD is that you can't overdose on CBD. Right. You right. can you can swallow an entire jar of it, but you can overdose. You can have an internal bleed from ingesting an entire bottle of ibuprofen. You can. Right. You know, we know the ill effects of prescription opioids. You know that's that's well documented. So. I do think we're starting to see more people coming to the forefront of from a place of versus making a buck of look what this has the ability to do. Look what we could help people come off of addiction. We can help people find a healthier way to deal with their inflammation. Let's find a way to bridge this gap between people who are just trying to make a buck and people who really believe in the power of the ingredient and open this up a little bit more, but we need regulation. And yeah. the industry's craving it. The industry wants regulation. But again, go back to COVID, FDA and CDC, you know, CDC and all those other government agencies had a little bit more to deal with over the past 18 months than to worry about CBD. So it it really set the industry back about two years. I think there was a lot of progress being made and then it had to be dialed back because there were more pressing issues than worrying about CBD legalization. But I think it's coming and and, and I I think it's all for the better. And I'm all about regulation and having more stop gaps and things that you have to prove with your product to be able to put it out on the market. I think it's only beneficial for everyone. that's because you're so confident in your product. And that's a great thing to hear. We yep. need good actors and power these politicians. And it drives me nuts when I think about the fact that CBD oil was a schedule one, a that's schedule it. one. Yep. That's for people who don't understand this heroin and cocaine and all your yeah. narcotics. <laughs> those are schedule ones. Right. 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 And you're not going to overdose from CBD. You're not going to die right. from CBD. And uh, there is no psycho, uh, uh, Psycho effect, uh, psychological effect. All right, but the uh, but you can die from benzodiazepines and alcohol. Mm-hmm. Yet they're completely legal, and people yep. take them every day. Yep, it's and mad, va- it's crazy, crazy. Well, look at the vape. Look at vaping. Look yeah. what that's done to the teenage population. You know, oh, that's we, nuts. Yeah, we've come out with you know cotton candy and bubble gum. You're trying to tell me that you weren't marketing that to Ooh. young impressionable teenagers an eight-year-old correct yeah who wants cotton candy bubblegum 
An right. eight-year-old wants cotton candy bubble gum. So exactly. Now we, now we have 12, 13, 14-year-olds with the lungs of 70-year-olds. That's right. Because the vaping industry was just allowed to run rampant, you know, through society. And But yeah. CBD, now wait a minute, now CBD, no, we can't do that. But no, the vaping cartridges, yeah, sure, great. You know, put them on the shelves, let the kids take them. Yeah, they're fine. You know, let's yeah. not worry about that. Um, yeah, it'll drive you crazy when you start thinking about what, what is regulated, what's not regulated, and it just comes down to, you know, whose hands in the pocket of which lobbyist or which politician. I mean, it's it's really, I don't even want to say maddening, it's sad, um, because the only people who get affected on a negative scale to me is our younger populations, who are now so jaded um, and have been, really have been cheated you know, out of, you know, products that could have saved them from becoming an addict, you know, and it might have had a better future um, simply because people wanted to pigeonhole a product into one regulatory body that it didn't belong in. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's nuts. I, I, yeah, yeah, I, I understand. Yeah. It, it drives me nuts and I'll rant about this all day. I know sure. that, but sure. um, uh, Joe, as far as your point of view, though, um, from the uh, we talked with Brian about addiction and whatnot, and we keep talking mm-hmm. about how this helps with addiction. What's your sure. perspective on that? And then let's talk a little bit on how it actually helps with addiction outside of just improving like one's pain status. Well, I think um, it, it depends on the really the, the desire of the person who's who's using. Um, if we're talking about somebody who has gotten hooked on pills because they were having pain then certainly this would be something to help them reduce that pain and get off i mean if it's somebody that got into pills because they like getting high and pills are just another way to do that um then they may develop this idea that well i had pain and i take pills and you know it's it's i think it's kind of more complicated or, or maybe not more complicated but it's a complicated kind of an issue to touch on. Um, but like I said, I think the biggest difference is somebody that didn't previously use drugs um, or have a, an alcohol issue that then was injured and started using, taking medications, opioids, that person I think has a better chance at succeeding and getting off of that drug with a CBD product or, or a homeopathic product versus the, the addict who enjoyed the feeling that they got from a drug or alcohol uh and has you know turned to pills among other things but do you think that there's any resistance from addiction counselors or psychologists and psychiatrists or addicts themselves as far as taking because like matt was saying so many people equate cbd oil with the thc and the terapines and the other forms of uh, the cannabinoids and they always they usually do equate it with marijuana and hemp is always in that group um so aside from that knowledge of or not lack of do you think that it's even being advocated for them and therefore they're not even like sure that they could have it and it would help them with their addiction or even prevent an addiction i don't know i don't know if uh something just as dvd uh topical it would be uh, persuaded against or argued against in that aspect. Um, I, I have no idea what, what, you know, I'm sure there's, I'm sure that there are some that say, Hey, listen, you, you shouldn't touch anything 
that comes from hemp or marijuana or from anywhere that is related to um, you know old habits. But I'm sure there's also some doctors that are like, hey, this is okay. You know, this isn't the drug. You're not going to get a high effect from it. The concern would be whether or not it triggers them to say, hey, you know, well, maybe since this was okay, their their kind of addict mind could flip it and say, well, marijuana would be okay then. And if you just use it similar to the way this is being prescribed or recommended, then maybe that's okay. And then it kind of they slip into the they slip into a relapse that way. But I don't know what the doctors, how the doctors uh, or psychiatrists, psychologists, or people or addiction counselors are really um, suggesting or, or, you know, cautioning against using these. Well, Matt, what do you think about all that? Are, are you having any resistance or do you find that it's, it's helpful? I mean, not just helpful to the, the addict, but I'm talking about people actually like advocating for use of this to help addicts overcome what they need to overcome. Sure. And I think Joe has you know fantastic points there. And it's, you know, uh, from a physician standpoint, you know, you have, you know, you have plenty of doctors and um, I think it becomes more of a doctorate of research than a practicing physician um, who is out there, you know, kind of touting the benefits because they're out there doing the research when you're talking to a, you know, maybe just a PCP doctor, you know, who is prescribing pills for their, you know, for their patients and they have that established relationship and they know what they're taking, you know, and they, uh, patient comes in and says, you know, doc, what do you, what do you think about taking CBD? I don't think they're going to have a lot of answers. I think they're going to try to counsel their patient as to, well, here's everything else you're taking. You know, we know you've had reactions to you know, X, Y, and Z in these particular prescription meds. So, you know, you're somebody who tends to have a reaction. So I would probably advise against just ingesting something that's kind of on the consumer market that really hasn't been studied or given the seal of approval from an FDA, you know, or a CDC. So I, I get that. Um, what we've done, and I've had trouble because what I wanted to do for a long time was partner with, um, there's Young People in Recovery, which is a great organization which helps people who have kind of gone down that opioid abuse track and they've come out on the other side from their addiction. And the goal of that organization is then to place people like that into back into the workforce and to give them a a group um, that they can see and talk to every week to for support to keep them from falling back into that, you know, addictive properties. But when I tried to get with the board and partner and say, hey, can you know we form a partnership? Um, they won't touch with a ten foot pole, mm. and, and and I and I get that, and, mm. and and I got frustrated early on. Um, and there's there's plenty of other organizations out there who are doing great work um, as far as advocating for getting people off prescription opioids and getting them off this track of addiction. And I, I, I don't feel any ill will towards those people because I think it is a, a slippery slope because there are so many bad actors in the industry that it makes it hard to kind of say, yep, one less CBD, we're going to put our stamp on them and we know who they are and we stand by their product. So I think it's, 
we're still so far away, which is why I have trouble when people bring out other cannabinoids and terpenes and those type of things and start touting the benefits because we're still so far off from kind of coming together with Western medicine, you know, because I, and I say this on my website, I'm not at war with Western medicine. I feel like there is a time and place for prescription meds and that they have their place and that under the right advisement and counsel, there's, there's been so many great advances with prescription medications. Um, but there's also been the flip side of that where just like the CBD industry, we have bad actors in, in medicine. You know, there's been doctors who have been pinched and thrown in the slammer for, you know, how many opioids they've prescribed over the years. Um, so you see it in both industries. So it's, it's kind of, who do you trust? Who's, who can regulate? Um, well, you're supposed to trust your doctor. You're supposed to be able to. You're supposed to trust him. Yep. But there's been plenty of instances where that wasn't the case. Um, unfortunately. So I I think it comes down to common sense. Well, I I think you're right though, in the sense that when physicians may not be abreast of the information and how can they be, there's so much literature out there on everything. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, when we talk about people in general, you know, their knee hurts or their shoulder hurts, or they get a cortisone injection or they get some type of steroid, like a prednisone, which is fine. But the realization of this, that there's a reason why you can only get that every three months. It, right. it destructs, it's destructive to the collagen. It can mm-hmm. actually eat away at the collagen, which is not repairable. Or when you're taking those, like you said, those NSAIDs, which can wreak havoc to your GI system, or you take Tylenol, which can pollute your um, liver, mm-hmm. or you take other, like the benzodiazepines, or and, and in your case, the opiates, which can lead down to, uh, down to an addiction. The other thing that we need to talk about that we haven't mentioned is neuroinhibitors. I see lots of patients, and Joe, you have too, where they have a neurological issue. They have drop foot or they're trying to uh, walk from a spinal cord injury. And there's a lot of evidence that, that, is indic- that, that indicates the use of um, medical marijuana as well as CBD oil. I, don't, I want to be able to separate those two. Uh, as opposed to gabapentin. Gabapentin is a neuroinhibitor. So it reduces your pain, but it quiets your nerve. It shuts it down. Why not address the pain with the CBD oil, allow them to take a, mar- a medical marijuana, uh, like an edible, so that way when they're doing some rehabilitation, they're strengthening those neurological connections between the nerve and the motor unit, or however you want to put it. And then they can regain functionality again. So you're, deal- you're addressing with both. That's right. my perspective, but this is a missing element in medicine from my, mm-hmm. from my perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry for that little rant, but no. that's how I really feel about it. No, and I feel like you you have a lot of uh, agreement from the people in the CBD industry who are trying to do it correctly, and even the medical marijuana industry. You know, I'm not I'm not against medical marijuana by any means. You know, myself, I feel like there's there is a group of patients and people who we just mm-hmm. we need to explore all avenues you know and i feel like sometimes those doctors just get set in their ways well you know it's just like you go to your job every day do you give 110 percent or do you give 40 or 50 percent and i think yeah. doctors can kind of fall into kind of the blase i'm going to work today okay here comes miss you know miss smith she comes in every three months she's complaining of this all right, Ms. Smith, we'll take this. You know, let's see how you feel three months down the road. 
that wasn't really counseling your patient. That was, okay, let's quiet her down for the next three months and get her feeling okay so we can, you know, I can buy myself another three months so she doesn't call me every day. You know, Possi- I possibly. I mean, possibly yeah. they're quieting it down. Maybe that's the best they can do that they know of, or maybe mm-hmm. they are also hamstrung by the system that is, you know, cutting that, that, that is being so restrictive to you. They're probably being restricted as well. So I think it's so many different elements. And unfortunately it's, it is unfortunate with the patient Um, because in the end, you said this, that's exactly right. That's the good people. Good people are the ones that suffer. Mm -hmm. Can't say it any better than that. Um, All right. We're going to wind down here. I think uh, we've done a pretty good job. Um, what do you want? What, what message is there a central message that you want to uh, send to the listeners out there? And then also, if you would, uh, provide your contact information for your website yeah. or for whatever it is. So that way, if people are curious about your product, they can order for you uh, from yeah. you. Um, you know, the website itself simply is uh, www.all spelled out uh, one O N E less L E S S C B D charlie bravo david.com um all spelled out one less cbd.com and on our website we really talk about our formulation and really break down all the natural ingredients that we put in our product um, there's also a link to the third-party testing of our product from botanicor which is a licensed um, neutral third-party testing site so there's actually a qr code on all of our jars that will take you to that certificate of analysis of our product shows you it doesn't contain THC breaks down all the cannabinoids and all the, you know, properties that might be in our product. Um, so it really shows our purity and that we are committed to transparency. Um, and we say that our jar is in fact in our jar. Um, you know, that, that's another thing is that uh, concentration of grams in a lot of people's products are often missing. The note they may say they have 100 milligrams and measures that may be 800 or a thousand but they're telling it is 1500 we say 400 milligrams which is 100 milligrams per fluid ounce it is 400 milligrams every single time um, and that's just as important to us as you know making sure that we have the right ingredients is that our concentration is true every single time um, so that you have the same experience with our product every time you use it um, I actually have an offer, uh, which is onelesscbd.com forward slash, and we're just going to do get it uh, for your guys' podcast, um, which is a free trial size, uh, trial size offer for uh, free shipping, and, uh, excuse me, shipping and handling, which is $4.95. Uh, so for $4.95, you get a travel size jar of our product. We'll ship it out to you directly. And you can try our product for under $5 versus, you know, having to buy our product for $59, which I understand is an investment if you're going to buy something for the first time. So we wanted to be able to give people um, a good travel size jar and a little bit goes a long way. So we feel like, you know, the uh, 0.25 ounce jar that we send out really lasts people a week or two to really give them an idea of how the product is working and if it's really reducing their inflammation and their pain and and giving them a little hope um, that they don't have to take so many pills to function every day. Um, And I just think aside from that, you know, my uh, contact information is on our website. I encourage people to reach out to me and ask me as many questions as they possibly can about one less and what we're about, what we're trying to do. I I love the dialogue. 
I love the interaction. I, I enjoy speaking to people. And that's why I enjoy my job. My day job is medical supply. And my side job is, is one less CBD. And I, I just get to talk to people every day. And, and that's what I enjoy doing most. Okay, great. I think that's a, I think that's a good conversation. I'd like to have you back in down the road. And we yeah. can be a little less serious next time. <laughs> but <laughs> we'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk more about baseball. Uh, yeah. were, you, were you at the uh, World Series this year? Or did you see it at all or do anything with that? Uh, no, no, I wasn't uh, affiliated with that or, or anything. But uh, it's, uh, I think it's going to be a good playoffs and uh, we're seeing some good, uh, some good pitching and some good, some good plays. I think baseball uh, is in a good place. Yeah, and, it is. Uh, there's a lot of young talent coming up through the pipeline. It's uh, some of these players and, you know, the Shohei Otanis of the world coming in. To, to kind of revitalize Babe Ruth is is creating that discussion now with these young kids of Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig and Mantle and Mays and Hank Aaron and, and reintroducing those players back into these young kids and getting them to realize how long this game has stood the test of time and, and we're getting this new crop of young talent. Um, I think it's in a phenomenal space and I'm really excited to see what uh, the next decade brings for baseball. That's a lot of fun. Um... I'm going to take this moment. I'm going to brag a little bit. Okay, Joe. So uh, you can hold back. <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, this past uh, world series, my son was actually there. His team made it all the way. Uh, and uh, he is uh, ambidextrous. He throws with his right and his left. Okay. And, oh yeah, they, they kind of like that. He's got, they've got to develop the right handle, but he, uh, per, he's right-handed, but prefers to throw with his left. Okay. And they were trying to set him up to do switch pitching in the World Series, um, but his right was just a little not not as good. Um, mm -hmm. So he had a blast. It was a great event. They mm -hmm. did a great job putting that on. So we're so grateful that we got to be a part of that. It was awesome. No Ripken baseball in that in that program. What they put out every year for youth baseball, it's it's first class all the way. And uh, and that's the thing with kids. Uh, and I think they get pushed in so many different directions. I think at those ages, it's more about the enthusiasm of the sport and less about the results. And that's where I am with my kids right now. I, I tell them every day I could care less if you score one goal or seven or zero. If you're out there and you're hustling and you're trying hard, but you come out with the biggest smile on your face, mm -hmm. then you've then we've done our job. Um, and you're experiencing what you're supposed to experience. Um, success and the stress of performance will come much later down the line. We'll worry about that then. Let's let's just enjoy it, you know, for now. Yeah, it was a ton of fun. So a uh, shout out to those kids that made it to the World Series. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was uh, Virginia that won it. So uh, team in Virginia. But anyway, uh, we'll come to a close here. I guess I'll give our usual uh, spiel. Um, Joe, how about this? I'll do the uh, the uh, association thing, and you can think uh the people that inspired us so we kind of split the task what do you think okay all right so basically we want to let everybody know that this is a free podcast we want to provide free information to everybody out there it doesn't matter what 
part of the lifespan they belong to. It doesn't matter what job they have. Uh, we want to provide a valuable resource to individuals to learn about the use of nutrition and physical medicine and helping them with their daily life, whether it's performance enhancement or just overcoming a, you know, a common cold. And that's why we had Matt Parks on today, because he was able to discuss uh, very well the uh, use of CBD oil and his product, especially to help people overcome inflammation as well as pain, whether it be acute, subacute, or even chronic. So we're very grateful for having him on. Uh, but if we do uh, have any donations that are made available to us through our Patreon link, we would really appreciate it. It keeps us uh, uh, going uh, to provide the service. It also allows us to donate 25% of our proceeds to Cystic Fibrosis Association, the Muscle, the muscle Dis Muscular Dystrophy Association, and uh, Spinal Muscular Atrophy Association. We like to just uh, provide them with some more funds so that way they can garner more research and provide more medicine for those that suffer from those conditions. We appreciate your help, so uh, thank you in advance. Joe, you go ahead. Thanks, Ray. And uh, the other th the other half of our um, end of show to the end of the year is just to say thank you to the pod fathers that got us into this uh, area and, and introduced us to this stream of information. Um, guys like Joe Rogan, Adam Meekins, Sam Harris, um, Mark Hyman, and, and the others who have took it upon themselves to just deliver information in the form of long, long conversations to sit down and go over and, and learn and be open to hearing things uh, and kind of inspiring us to do the same thing, to bring information to anybody that wants to listen, that wants to learn, uh, to, to really try to get as much out there as we can, because we know that the, the older streams of information have kind of started to, to get muddied up a little bit. So thank you to those guys. Did I miss anybody there, Ray? No, I think you got everybody. I think we're good. 